Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Last week I started my second introduction to the same talk. I got so fed up with it, I got rid of the talk and I started another one. Because <laughs> I love introductions. Here we go. So we're looking, we've been looking at, at, um, at loving and relationships. And not just, not just uh, man and wife or male and female relating to each other, but relating to people in church, relating to people at work, relating to other human beings, yeah? That's good. When I say yeah, I just go yeah, yeah? yeah. So just join in, that's family, isn't it? Like, yeah, like we're all switched on. So forget what's, what, I was going to say forget what's cooking in the oven. Forget, forget what's, you know, what's the rest of the day uh, uh, has got in store. Let's, this is God's word to us now. And let's, let's sit under God's word and be instructed, inspired, corrected, readjusted by it, yeah? Because we need that. Everybody needs it. I need it so much. So, today's talk's really called, we are called to belong and not just believe. So you've heard it said, you can belong before you believe, and that's good. But I want to say today, for all the believers, you need to belong and not just believe. Because many people never settle on a church. Some people never even go to church. Christians are talking about because they, they think, well, I don't need, I don't need a church. And, and so I want to have a look at this because it's rife throughout the world, throughout the Christian world. And um, so we can come back come back to what God says and let everyone pick the bones out of that, yeah? yeah? Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 to 22 in the message, it says, the kingdom of faith is now your home country. You are no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. See, Paul was writing to new Christians, and when you first become a Christian, you think of everybody else in the church, they're like Christian, and I'm just like, I'm not that good. I'm not a good person. And you say, no, that's, that's the first step towards becoming a Christian, is that you realize you're not a good person. And then when you become a Christian, you realize you're not even as good as you thought you were when you thought you were bad. And the longer you become a Christian, you get to where the Apostle Paul got to, where he said, nothing good dwells in me. Many of us are all trying, I'm just as good as anyone else. I'm just, it's time we, used to, we, we say, I am worse than what you think. I am worse than what you think. At one level, that's in my sinful nature. But in my new nature that, that Christ has given me, that lifts me to achieve and do stuff that I never even dreamed I could. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how you got here, in what uh, in what he is building. He used the apostles and prophets, they're like church planters, for the foundation. Now he's using you. Just nudge somebody and say, he's speaking to you. See, God's using you to build his church. Now God is using you. Fitting you in, brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day. A holy temple built by God. All of us built into it. A temple in which God is quite at home. So as, even as we worship today, God comes and settles in our company. 
And when God's there, all sorts of miracles happen. Because miracles is just natural to God. It's unusual for us, but it's natural to God. 1 Timothy chapter 3.15 says, God's family is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. So we're called to belong. Sorry, we are called to belong and not just believe. Let's just say that. We're called to belong and not just believe. That's right. We're called to belong and not just believe. We're called to belong and not just believe. Right, now let's say it, say it with our eyes shut. We're called to belong and not just believe. All right? Now, many of you have come to Global and you're on a journey. You've ne- you've, you haven't decided to follow Jesus, but you're coming and you're looking. And a lot of this message isn't really for you. A lot of it is, I should say, but a lo- some of it isn't. So at poignant parts where I'm saying you need to be committed, in one sense you do, but you're on a journey saying, well, I'm looking at that. So don't pick that up as like, they're rushing us now to become a Christian. We're not rushing anybody, except the believers. Because there is an expectation, and there is a call to commitment that Jesus would give to believers. Yeah? Can you see the difference? And in global, we will always have believers, unbelievers, and the undecided. They were unbelievers, but, un- but, but more open. Yeah? So, um, so I'm trying to be sensitive. That's all it is. Just say, well done, Dave. So we're called to belong, not just believe. Many Christians believe in Jesus, but are not connected or involved in a church. They separate the two. By the way, this isn't church. This is a church service. You are the church, and I am the church. A dinner party is not the church. It's a church party. Yeah? It's a dinner party. Let's put the P back in party. Yeah? Except for you. It's a a small P, apparently, are we? We really, really do know how to party in Europe. But anyway, just saying. And, and we've, got to, we've got to become uh, people that live with each other. It's a community. Now that's church. Church is us living in each other's pockets. And we don't so often because that's uncomfortable. Because now you've got to learn to get on with people that you didn't choose. And, and people can take advantage of you and you've got to then speak to them. And you don't want to confront and you think, I can do without this. Well, you can if you don't want to grow as a human being. But you can't if you want to grow as a human being. You can't ignore the the rub of having to get on with other people if you you want to follow Jesus. You you can't avoid it. We we have to be together. We have to learn how to get on with each other. You know, it always amazes me where you've got got different clubs and, and groups and then within that, you've got your cliques, and everyone's trying the best for top, top dog position in the cliques. And it can happen at dinner parties. It's like, how many of you got, oh, well, we've got all these. How drunk did you get at yours? Oh, we really got blasted. And it's like, that were meant to be a joke. Though you're all looking, saying, do you do that? <laughs> we don't. But I'm just saying. Um, and, and there's a clique. When somebody makes a faux pas, when somebody does something wrong and they're embarrassed, you're in the cliques, it's like, did you say that? Did you say that? And we enjoy somebody looking stupid. Can you see how the kingdom of heaven is so different? Because yeah. when somebody makes a mistake or if somebody gets something wrong or if somebody sins badly, we go and cover it. Love covers. It doesn't expose. And, and we cover it. And leaders go in and minister undercover. Help, minister, help. So we go and help them undercover. We protect the dignity. Then when they're ready, we pull back out. We take the covers off. 
and everybody just cracks on with life and we've, we've protected people. Can you see we're not a club? Yeah. We're an expression of the kingdom of heaven. And so it's going to take commitment. And it's different. This is not just like joining a club or you're committed to fishing every Sunday. It's more than that. It's, it's 24-7, yeah? The Bible doesn't separate believing in Jesus and being part of a church. They are two sides of the same coin. We're called to belong, not just believe. The Bible knows nothing of solitary saints or spiritual hermits, isolated from other believers. The Bible says we are put together, joined together, built together, members together, hers together, fitted together, and held together, and we will be caught up when Jesus returns, together. So there's a lot of togetherness in the church and so that's how God sees his church. We have to bring our experience of life in church to what the Bible says. And that takes a process. And we're getting closer and closer as we learn more how to get on with each other and build church. While your relationship to Christ is personal, God never intends it to be private. In God's family, you are connected to every other believer. And we belong to each other for eternity. I belong to you, you belong to me. There's a song in there. Anyway, so in Christ, we who are many, the Bible says, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Following Christ involves belonging, not just believing. We are members of his body, the church. C.S. Lewis, the great writer and thinker, noted that the word membership has its origins in Christianity. But the world has emptied it of its original meaning. That's why in global, we don't talk about membership, we talk about partnership, because it's more active. Membership is like, yeah, I signed up, signed up about three months ago, and it's like, now I'm a member. And that's not what membership is. Gyms offer discounts to members. Stores and marketeers use members' uh, uh, members' names to create mailing lists. In churches, membership is often reduced to simply adding your name to a role or a list with no requirements or expectations of themselves. To the Apostle Paul and the early church, being a member of the church meant being a vital organ of a living body, an indispensable, interconnected part of the body of Christ. The Christian who says, I don't need the church, is either arrogant or ignorant. Today's culture of independent individualism has created many spiritual orphans, bunny believers. What are bunny believers? They're like little rabbits, bunny believers, hopping around from one church to another without any identity, accountability, or commitment. And I feel sorry for them. It's not like, you know, they're a spiritual bunny, so we put them down. I look and I just think, there is something wrong with your thinking. Your thinking is skewed, and the Bible's not real to you at this area. You might know a lot in the other areas, but in the area of building church, you have no idea. And so you need teaching and training so that you think, I get it now. And then you can find your identity. Then you have that sense of belonging and ownership. And, uh, and you can give your commitment in and see something back for your commitment in terms of watching growth in people's lives. Numerical growth and internal growth within us. Many say I'm a Christian but don't go to church. Uh, but I don't go to church. I don't think you need to go to church to be a Christian. This is what loads, loads of people say that to me. And within that, they say, and I'm just as good a Christian as anybody. And I smile because I think, you, you, I don't think you are a Christian. You don't really know what you're talking about. It's like saying, 
I, I, I play for Man United, but I never turn up for training, and uh, I don't go to a single match. But I watch us on telly. Can you see? It's ridiculous. When you know what you're talking about, these kind of comments seem utterly ridiculous. So these people are not arrogant, they're ignorant. Yeah? And again, no condemnation from us, but you can see where it's important to get your thinking right. That's why we come around God's Word on, on Sunday, and, and we, you know, not because Sunday's any sort of special day, but uh, it's an hangover from the past in, in one sense. But we could meet, say, on a Wednesday night and have church on a Wednesday night or a Tuesday night or whatever. But the important thing is not the day that we meet, but that we do meet. And we come around God's Word to be straightened out because we drift. Whenever a child is born, he or she automatically becomes part of the universal family of human beings, yeah? That's a long way of saying when you're born, you're a human being like nine, uh, what is it? Uh, is it eight billion, that's six billion, seven billion, eight million? I don't know. Like the billion of others, we become part of the universal um, spectrum of, of uh, human life, human beings. But that child also needs to become a member of a specific family to receive nurture and care and to grow up healthy and strong. And it's the same with the church. When you become a believer, a Christian, you automatically become part of God's universal family. And that's awesome. I've met people, sometimes I'm on holiday, and when I used to go on holiday, I used to share my faith with people and then come back from the holiday exhausted. So now when I go, I never talk to anybody. You know, when it, when I hear some stories, that, you know, when the, when the preachers come and the conferences, and I was on a plane. <laughs> It always makes me laugh when, when some of them say, I found myself, one day I found myself walking on the streets of New York, and I thought, how did you get there? <laughs> did you just find yourself walking on the streets in New York? Jeepers, what am I doing here? <laughs> when I were in Darwin last week. <laughs> anyway, so, I'll, I'll just get back out of that rabbit hole. <laughs> but as, as, as people talk like that, I was on a plane and... and you know, I was talking to somebody about faith and I'm thinking, um, I choose my moments now to talk about faith because it's my hobby. I can, I can switch it on any time. I don't find it hard. I find it really interesting. I find people interested. But I do get exhausted and so I have to watch myself, um, you know, with that. But, but we have to become part of a specific family. That's, let's get back to the point. Um, the difference between being a church attender and a church member is commitment. Yeah. Attenders are spectators from the sides. Sometimes they're not even spectators, they're referees. This is what you should do. This is what this church... See, I understand I've been around a lot of churches, and what you're missing is this. And you think, shh, don't show your ignorance too quick. Because what we do in Global has been thought out. This has been 30-odd years in the making. I have made shed loads of mistakes. I've worked with loads of churches. I've trumpeted out the wrong thing. Who's ever done that? <laughs> Only to find you were wrong. <laughs> and you're going back to everyone saying, you know what I said the other week? Forget it. <laughs> but this has been hammered out. We're not a church for everybody. Because not everyone can be part of global. Because we're a movement. We're not just a church where you can come and sulk, sit, sulk and sour. You won't last long. Because we'll leave you alone. Well, isn't that, that's not love you. Well, we, before we leave you alone, we'll give you a bit of pain and just say, you know, change your face. 
Imagine being told that, not by the leaders, but by the members, the partners in global. You come on a Sunday and you're all like, bent out of shape. Somebody says, change your face. We've got visitors coming. Not about you. That's the kind of church we are. We are for the other. Now, if you've got problems, and you know, we all go through problems, then we can talk. We don't go ministering to anybody and everybody. We don't. We haven't got time for that. We go with the people that are in our world. I've worked it all out. It's took me ages because I've gone to everybody and I've tried to get everybody to go to everybody and you end up not doing anything, really. It dissipates. So I've said, we're not for everybody, but we are for some. And you'll find... You say, well, I don't know whether I agree with that. Well, what pub do you go in? You probably don't, actually. Um, You know, when you think like that because you've been a Christian so long, you don't go in pubs. But I'm on about, when you go into a pub, what pub do you choose? What gym do you choose? Because they're not all the same. They don't all offer the same thing. And, and you know something? They dictate the gym or the pub or the come and eat all you want, food outlets. You know, they, they choose what you eat. Did you know that? Or what you can do in a gym. They choose. You don't choose. They choose. They say, this is what we offer. And then you've got to look at what's on offer and then you choose the one that's right for you, Yeah. Why do, we, why, why do we lose our brain and our common sense when it comes to church? And so I want a church like this, yeah? Because I'm called to be a church planter, so I've got to create a church like this. So I think you're getting it. Bright people tend to get it. Religious people don't. They just want to argue, and they are so boring. Listen, there's drainers and radiators. Drainers drain you. Radiators give off heat. I want to be a radiator, radiating life. Just watch out for drainers because they are so boring. <laughs> Members or partners get involved in the ministry. That is the work of building church. Building church is being with people. Yeah. Building, I'm, I, you know, I spend time with, with Dave and Lauren, I said, and you know, just spending time with Mary and Richard. and We spend time with each other, and we're, we're building together. We talk, not just about church, but we do talk about church. And questions are asked, answers are given, and encouragement's given, prayers are given. And what are we doing? We're building church. To, to the world out there, it looks like we're having a jolly, we're having a few beers. It's because we know how to have a good time, how to make something that could be uh, just mundane and, 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 and everyday, we, we turn it into something that's enjoyable. So that I want everybody saying, can we come out with you, Dave? Because it just seems that everybody that's around you seems to have life and energy. Or, can we come out with Dave and Lorna? Everybody that seems to be around you seems to be like having life and energy. And I don't mean the loudest laugh to prove that we're funnier, we're having a greater time in this pub than anybody else. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. Where people actually look at members of Global and just saying, there's a quality about your life. You just seem positive. And I'm sure there's some negatives in your life, but you don't let it show. Well, that's a skill. That's a skill. Members get involved in the work of building church. Attenders are consumers. Members are contributors. Attenders want the benefits of a church without sharing the responsibility. They are, why, does, why does God want, to join, want you to join the local church family when you're a believer? It's because it proves you are committed to your brothers and sisters in reality and not just in theory. God wants you to love real people, not ideal people. So love on the net I'm not talking boyfriend, girlfriend, love on the net. I'm just saying love on the net where you're having church on the internet. That's not church. 
that's you just downloading something that, that lifts you up because it's good teaching or whatever or good worship. But that's not church. This is church. You know, we're, we're, what I'm talking about, where you're, you're living in each other's pockets yeah. and uh, you're irritating each other. I just wonder how many of you have got irritated yet at your dinner party with somebody. Honestly, if I went to a dinner party on my own, I'd get irritated. <laughs> get right irritated with myself. Okay. The Bible offers many compelling reasons for being committed and active in a local church. I've got about six things to say. Are you ready? Yeah. We're going to rattle through them. So go on, Dave. Go on, say it again then. Because you know I get down them rabbit runs and I can't get out the beggars. I get down a rabbit run and I go down another rabbit run. Here we go. Number one. Right, why you need a church family. Number one, a church family identifies you as a genuine believer. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, Jesus said, if you love one another. Uh, one another. When we come together as a church family from different backgrounds, different races and social status, and we're loving each other with God's amazing love, it's a powerful witness or example to the world saying, this is what you're missing. This is what you could have. And it's not that we've got perfect relationships, but we know how to work it through. We're maturing. We're not taking the offence so easily these days. We're, we're overlooking offence. We're giving charity in our hearts to other people, like saying, you know, you, you probably didn't mean that last comment or whatever. And we're learning to, when somebody's down, to spot it before, the, you, you know, before it gets even worse. And so to go and be with people, bring life and energy you cannot be the body of Christ on your own. You need others to express that. It's silly saying, well, I'm an eye, so I'm a, I am the body of Christ. If you just had an eye on its own, that would be bad, wouldn't it? And so, you know, you, you need an eye, you need an ear, you need a mouth, you need hands, you need legs, you need feet. You, 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 so all sorts of other things that you need in a body. And we've all got different parts of that body and we come together and we make that body whole. Number two, just say, well done, Dave. <laughs> Number two, a church family moves you out of self-centered isolation. The local church is the classroom for learning to get along in God's family. It is a laboratory for practicing unselfish, sympathetic love. What about this for a quote? Self-pity drains you of any energy to demonstrate sympathy to others. Self-pity is an awful thing. It is such a nasty disease. Pity parties, they are the ultimate in sinfulness. It is the poison of sin, is selfishness. Self-pity drains you of any energy to demonstrate sympathy for others. We live in an ugly world at times. I love, you know I love life and I love so much about, about the world. But when it comes to the philosophies of this world, that selfish individualism, I'm okay, I've got the perfect body, the perfect diet, the perfect job, the perfect car, the perfect partner, the perfect kids, it doesn't even exist, you dope. It doesn't even exist. If it did, I'd have it. And if I can't have it, you can't have it. And I don't want to put a ceiling on wanting to grow I'm wanting to better yourself and better your family. I'm not do and that's not what I'm talking about. But let's get rid of that baggage that says we've got it all together. Because you'll carry that through life and it will get you down. It will drag you down. Once you're free to fail, 
That's a beautiful place. And Shelley and I decided that years ago. She decided long before me. I was the Pharisee. It's funny, when we met, she was the church person, and I was the kind of drunk. <laughs> and, then, and then when we became Christians, I became the Pharisee, and she became not the drunk, but the kind of one that's freer. And her freedom used to shock me. And I used to think, we're going to this party, and I used to try and get her ready, get her in the zone. Shelley, don't embarrass me. <laughs> don't say this. Don't make And Shelley's right. Oh, yeah, well, Dave, I'm going, no, 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 don't involve me in your silliness down there. And I could not stand it until one day I relaxed. And me and Shelley did talk, because we are very open. Too open. But I'd sooner be that way than the professional Christian who asks you a million questions about yourself. And when you walk away from the conversation, you know nothing about them. So tell, and you think they're interested. No, they're not. They're interested in getting information. They're not interested in building relationship. Shelley said to me once, Dave, people need to see you with your knickers around your ankles. So I thought, where are knickers? She goes, I know you don't, Dave. Just forget it, forget it. And then she said, try Isaiah. She thought, get, get with the Pharisee. We'll get on, on to the scriptures then. You know, woe is me because I am undone. When people see you, undone. No, when you're close to Jesus, you don't really care what other people think about you. You don't. It's like, I can't believe that they said that. Do you think that they think this? Or it's like, get out of all that mental turmoil. Rise above it, and you can. When you're part of church, learning from it, and being open, you will rise above it, honestly, and you'll find a freedom that you never had, and it's beautiful. Then you start living life. And if your kids are not as brainy and as bright as others, you smile. You don't say to your kids, you're not as bright as the other kids. You say, you are gifted. You have got talent that nobody in this world has got. Well, I think they're on the spectrum. We're all on the freaking spectrum. Take a look in the mirror. We're all on the spectrum. He's a bit intense. He's a bit buttoned up to the top. Well, there are people out there. You know, they've just never gone on the scale to find out what, what, how far on the scale they are. I don't go on the scale. I think the scales will explode. I think he's OCD, ABC, LWT, London Weekend Television, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, that were a rabbit run, but I've got out of it. Everyone said, "Well done, Dave." Okay, here we go. If one part of the body suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part shares in the honour. So when we all, you know, when, when somebody's honoured, we're all honoured. But when somebody suffers, we suffer with them. We learn to get in. But let's be careful when we're helping people in global, when we're helping each other. We're not just helping willy-nilly. Don't be like the young kids playing football. I love watching young lads playing footy. Because they all go for the ball. And the, 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 the managers are going, stay over here, stay over here. They're going to pass the ball over. But all the kids run for the ball. Wherever the ball is, they, they lose, they lose their, 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 their position in their mind and they just go running for that ball. And it's like that sometimes in church. You can do overkill. And you all run to something and everything else gets left. And I don't want us to be like that. No matter how, how intense it gets, how bad it looks, We've got to keep going because there's people in your world that need you. Don't put it onto somebody else. It's yours. If you see it, it's yours. Yeah? I see it. You know, in global, we don't just help people in global. We're committed to people outside of global. That's part of our mission. And so, you know, you've just got to be careful that you don't know what people are up to. 
And if you come with another church map, then you're going to put that church map on our map and it doesn't fit. It's as silly as using a map to get from here to Birmingham when you want to go to London. It won't work. So don't bring a previous map. I love the problems of new Christians. I don't love the problems of older Christians. Our Christians have been Christians a long time because they think they know it and these know that they don't know it and then they mess up and they do all sorts of daft things but it's refreshing. The other's just boring. I have to say, it is, it's just boring. It's boring for them. I don't want, I haven't given me my life to be, have a boring life. When I read the Gospels, I, didn't see, I don't see boredom, I see challenge. Jesus said, unless you're prepared to deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me, he said, you can't be my disciple. Deny yourself. You try and fast for one day. You try and deny yourself. It's tough. You try and zip it when you want to say something. You get an headache within 10 minutes because you're so used to, to saying what you want to say. You deny yourself. Take up your cross. That's living a sacrificial way. And then follow Jesus, following the ways of Jesus, not in your ways. That's commitment. And that's what I call for. I'm not asking Global to do anything that Jesus is not asking us to do. And if you're a belonger before you believe, you know, please don't pick up like, oh, I've got to, now they're putting this on me. No, 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 you just keep on your journey because hopefully you will find Christ. And when you do, it's not like we're going to stop loving you and it's like now we're going to like demand things from you. No, but you will understand that when you come to Christ, it's all about change, changing your perspective. It's a new humanity. We used to be homo sapiens. Now we're homo nouveau. A new race. We are a new race. And the thing that makes us distinct is the Holy Spirit lives now on the inside of us. And he doesn't live on the inside of non-believers. He is only given to believers. Because they've said, yeah, God's already chosen us. And Christians are just sinful people that have just said, I want to choose you as well. And it is very much like a relationship. Shelley chose me. <laughs> and then I woke up to how fantastic she was and I chose her. Yeah, It's funny, she did choose me first. I'm saying that on purpose because what Val was saying today is you know, about worship. God doesn't need us to worship. He's designed us for worship. So that when we worship... We express something to God and it's like the glow from the Holy Spirit grows in our life and the pressures drop off because the supernatural presence of the Holy Spirit of God living on the inside of believers just grows and glows. And it's like, I needed that today. And worship is a beautiful thing. And we worship God, not because he's a transcendental big head going a bit more, a bit louder, a bit higher, because he's demonstrated his love to us first by laying down his life in his son, Jesus Christ. He's already demonstrated his part and he's chosen everybody. If you want to choose, he's chosen you. And it's up to us now to choose him. He's already chosen us. And it's a bit like when you fancy somebody and you choose them, but they haven't chosen you. It is a bit like that. But he's already shown his hand first. And he gets rejected a million times every day or billions of times every day. But he still holds out his hands of love to a creation that's lost. 
and doesn't even know they're lost. And some of them even enjoy being lost. But he holds out his hands of love to say, I'm waiting for you. I've chosen you. I want you. And then we have all sorts of religions out there and all sorts of types of church and false churches and different things. And it's like it gives bad such a God rap so that people switch off to God. And there's no chance of them people becoming believers, being saved from their sins and getting into heaven. And that breaks mine and Shelley's heart. And we want to be around. We will grow in numbers. I don't doubt that. But whilst that's happening, I want to get with individual people. That's how churches grow. And I want to help them to, I want to deal with the lies that are in here. The, the wrong belief systems that are taking them down rabbit holes that are not funny. And I want to bring them into to the kingdom of heaven. And I want your help. I want you to do the same thing. But we're a movement. If people say no, we just move on. If they're in our world and they say no, we just hang around them. Because then, you know, you can have a greater influence. But for a lot of people, when they say no, I don't try forever to persuade them. I understand the no's are no. And we're a movement. We've got to go on. Jesus didn't reach everybody. He reached somebody. He healed everybody that came to him. Everybody. Nobody got away. Nobody went away from Jesus not healed, right? But there'd be a lot of people in streets behind that didn't get there and Jesus didn't heal them. He didn't say, we've got to stop. There's some people, we've got to go down the nooks and crannies and everything. He didn't. He just kept walking in the Spirit and dealing with the people that the Holy Spirit brought into his world. Who's the Holy Spirit bringing into your world? Who's coming into your life? That's God bringing them in. And it's for you to say, do you want to come to a dinner party? Do you want to, do you want to come to a church? Do you want to come for a drink? Probably starts there. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 